God. Welcome. So good to see so many bright and shiny faces. Okay, we have a whole area over here that nobody ever sits in. Does anybody know why? I don't know. It's like the vacant seats. And then this side is always packed out. So if anybody, oh, okay, thank you, Casey. It makes me feel better. If anybody over here wants to move over here so I don't feel like, you know, there's nobody, like, yeah. Yeah, okay, there it is. Thank you. Look how anointed it is all of a sudden. Woo, 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 woo. Ah, glory, glory. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... um Turn in your Bibles to Luke uh, 6, 38. Let's start there. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray again because I love prayer. Well, Holy Spirit, I thank you um, for your presence here. We honor your presence. I ask, Father, for um, the windows of heaven to be opened, the very aruba of God to come forth, Father, that you would open up all that you are and all that you have for us this morning. Father, I, I ask for wisdom and revelation to be released, that every heart would be um, illuminated. Father, that you would, um, you would begin and continue and increase the shining in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, all right, Luke 6, 38. So I've been doing this series on the givers, and I based it out of Song of Solomon, or not Song of Solomon, excuse me. Whew, wonder if that was the Holy Spirit. Shantiakia. Um, I based it in Sermon on the Mount, and, um, and, and the Lord has been talking to me about laying a sure foundation for the days that are coming, and that the shining ones will come out of this sure foundation, out of the Sermon on the Mount. And so I, I titled it The Givers. And what I've been doing is I've been trying to share with you the ways that Jesus said, okay, this is how it's done, and these are the ways to access the kingdom of heaven, not live the best life that you can in the world, but how to be a, a conduit and a force for good in the earth by bringing the kingdom of heaven into the earth to transform and to make the earth the footstool for Jesus, right? All right, so it's, he's, Jesus said this, he said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you give, it will be measured back to you. So if you can think about what Jesus is talking about, he's actually saying that there is a that that he's watching us, and as we give, he's actually gonna give back to us. And it's actually as we give, let's say we give to a five, he's saying, Listen, you give to a five, I'm gonna press that down, I'm gonna shake it around, and I'm gonna pour it back into you, overflowing. And so the measure that you've given, I'm gonna multiply that measure back to you. And, and when he says this, his, his heart is that he wants to bless us and increase us in the earth, but he does that twofold. It's not just, I want to bless and increase all of, you, all of the, the kingdom wealth, uh, the, the power, and all of that, but he's saying there is an internal reality in which I'm increasing in you. And so as you give away, what happens is that I get really big in you. So God is after a bigness. 
the fatness of his house. What he's trying to do is he wants to see a Holy Spirit, Christ in you, explosion that will then properly and, and beautifully represent him in the earth. Um, so, so it's really twofold. So, so this is what I did. Um, and I want to review kind of what we talked about because it's been a while since I've been up here talking about the givers. This is the fourth installment. And, and, and in the first, um, I, I talked about what it is to be a servant to others and what it is to serve and volunteer so beautifully and how, and, and what God calls us to do as a community and how we give ourselves away with our gifts and our talents, um, so that we can build up the body and, and that we can all be strengthened and and um and and that's really a, a second commandment part of the second commandment you know that that we're to love others um as as god loved us and as we love ourselves right and um actually during that time we had a lot of people begin to volunteer back in the children's ministry volunteer um for house cleaning in this house because um when we all work together, then the responsibility doesn't fall on one person, right? Um, the second thing that the Lord had me talk about, which is in the Sermon on the Mount, is is about giving of our tithes and our offerings. And I did that two weeks in a row because I really wanted to um, refute some of the misunderstandings around money and, and the church and around the area of tithing. Um, for some reason, uh, there's People think that because we're in the Jesus died on the cross, we don't have to support um, his his priests anymore or his church. And and I'm not sure exactly where that came in, but but um, if you'll listen to to those two, it's not um, a typical money message. And I really want to encourage you to listen to it because it's really life giving. And I think you'll find um, how many of you enjoyed those two on money. Because it really is an enabling message, and it really is how to tap into kingdom wealth um, so that we can begin to be conduits of, of wealth for, for, to advance uh, the harvest, right? Um, so I really encourage you to, to get those. Um, those are available online. And here's um, why I feel like it's important. Because where your money is, that's where your heart is. You can look at your checkbook and you can see where your heart is. And, and, and so God is really after our hearts that we would increase the, the capacity uh, 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 that he can take up residency in our hearts. And we do that through voluntary weakness. So every single one of the places that I'm talking about in giving and that Jesus spoke of in Sermon on the Mount was about us giving away ourselves and actually creating a situation where we become weak and through our weakness, he becomes strong. All right. And so that's the kingdom because what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's the great exchange of our ability to, to get to God and to, 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 to work on our own behalf. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to build your own kingdom. I'm actually going to build uh, your kingdom for you because it's mine. And I have an investment in seeing that you become the greatest, the deepest, the highest part of yourself with me in you. 
Um, and, and so he is so invested in this that, that, that he's saying, give away, give away, give away. And that's what I love about the offering and, and having it and doing something that costs me something. You know, David said, uh, um, remember when he, uh, somebody was going to give him the land, um, and I don't remember, oh, give me an address, anyone. Somebody was going to give him land where he was going to build the house of the Lord. Or, uh, and, and, and he said, no, I don't, I'm going to pay you for it because I refuse to give God something that has cost me nothing. And so when I go to do this, with everything that we do before God, it's going to come at a price, but we should be like, this is a free will offering, God, I'm giving to you, it's a a sacrifice, and it's coming at a cost to me, because you're worthy, and you gave to me first, God, you gave the most precious gift that you had, which was your son, and he died in a way that was so horrifying, and he did it to show us his love. And he said, you're worth it, you're worth that, the price that I paid. And so anyway, um, we give to God because he's worthy of our love, our adoration, our time, and because he first gave to us. So he tells us to give for this reason, not because he needs our service, our money, and our worship. Because becoming a giver produces the condition that Paul talked about in Galatians 2.22 or 2.20. And he said this, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So what happens is there's actually a spiritual dynamic that that takes place. And Jesus, when he's talking on Sermon of the Mount, he's like, listen, this is the life that you're now called to live because as as you participate in this kind of lifestyle of voluntary weakness, the, the, what happens to you is that it creates a, an opening within you so that God can become bigger in you. Okay, and um, and so what Paul is saying is that when when he said it is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me, he's saying, listen, because of the lifestyle that I've that I've that I have have been living, and that the way that I've given everything away, it's it's created a landing pad within me where God can have His way and He can have it all. Because because Jesus said this, that in my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I'm going, I've got to leave so that I can make a place for you in that place. So, so when I talk about heaven, where is heaven? On the inside, right? He, Jesus came and he did a swan dive in us when we gave our lives to the Lord, and he took up residency in us. When he initially came to us, he came in a seed form. And that seed form, is it, it, it needs to germinate, and then we are called to become houses of prayer where God can take up the full habitation. He can dwell in us and fully. And so when you see in the Bible, and he talks about, when you see that he talks about the fullness of Christ, the fullness of God, the full expression of this, what he is saying is that he's going to take up rest 
residency in us where it's no longer you who lives. You have now died to yourself. You now died to your own agenda. You've now died to your own self-promotion, self-desires, all of that. And, and Christ has come and taken up fullness of himself within you. And, 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 and so it's the great exchange. Um, and let me give you an analogy. Uh, um, so you've got this house, and this house is, is, it looks like this. In the past, we've all thought of church as being the house of God, right? Which, is, which it is, where we all gather together. Um, but, but the house of God is not someplace you go. The house of God is someplace that you are. So if you can actually think of yourself as just being like a stick figure and here's the house of God and here's my, here's my capstone, here's my roof. And there's a big heart right here where the spirit of the Lord is. And so you walk around everywhere you go and you are a living house of God. You are a living house of prayer. And, 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 and within that house, within your temple, is where God dwells. It's where he dwells. It's where the angels ascend and descend over us. So, so, um, so in this place, um, this, this place has many rooms. And Jesus said, remember, the only time that Jesus got really angry was when he went into the temple with the money changers, and he's like turning over tables, got a serious attitude. He actually had a whip that was made out of horse hair that he had made the night before. So this guy came carrying. He was packing. <clears throat> and he was gonna he was gonna upset uh, the order of the day because he was coming in to make a point. And his point was my house is a house of prayer. But you have made it and turned it into the, a den of thieves. And, he, and that word, den of thieves, means a hiding place of the enemy. Okay? So that means that there are rooms in your house that the enemy is playing hide and seek. Now, where do you play hide and seek? In the dark. Right? I mean, when my grandkids were, they were just playing hide and seek with Brecca. They go to the dark place so you can't find them. And so what happens is when we don't have lives of prayer and worship, we have, we have actually given the enemy a place to hide within us. And the Lord's saying, I want to take up habitation in your house. And I plan on the, 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 uh, the um, um, uh, train of my robe filling the temple. It's all mine. It's all mine. It all belongs to him. Have you heard the story about uh, the analogy where um, there's a a guy that was recently saved, and, and he was so excited, and he said, Jesus, I'm so excited that you're in my house. I've prepared this room for you over here, and you can, this is your room you know, I'm so thankful that you're here. And Jesus said, awesome. Thank you for this room. And so a knock came uh, at the door and it was, it was Satan. And so he began to accuse the man and he ends up beating him up. And, and, um, and he, and he turns to, to Jesus and, and he goes to the room that Jesus is in. He said, Jesus, I just got beat up. I just got beat up really bad. And Jesus said, I'm so sorry. 
you know, let me comfort you. Let me help you. And, and, um, and, and the guy said, you know, maybe um, you want to come out into the den and, and hang out in here too. And so you'll have your, the bedroom and then you'll have your den. And Jesus said, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I just love you so much. Thank you. So a knock comes at the door and um, the guy opens the door and it's Satan. And he begins to accuse him again and beats him up again. And so he's all bruised and battered, and he goes to Jesus, and he said, you know, I just don't understand, Jesus, you know, I mean, you're in my house. I don't understand how the intruder and how the accuser can can come at me like this. And Jesus said, I tell you what, let's do this. Why don't you just give me this house? Why don't you just let me go ahead, and I'll take over. I'll take all of the rooms. And the guy's like, well, okay, you can have it all. You can have every room in my house. So knock comes at the door. And this time Jesus answers. And he said, I'm sorry, but he doesn't live here anymore. This is my house. Come on. So today what I want to talk to you about is the fourth level of of giving and what a giver does is a giver gives to God and as we give to God we actually give him our house we give him our mortgage and we say okay my house is now your house I no longer live but it's Christ who lives in me and um, a lot of us through the years have become hoarders and um and we like to hold on to um, all our stuff. Have you ever been in a hoarder's house? <laughs> My house is actually beginning to kind of look that way. Uh, you just have so much stuff in your house that you can't, like, get around, you know? And it, it creates, like, confusion, and, and, and there's stuff everywhere, and you've got to kind of walk around it, and there's not order, and... And uh, so Jesus started putting his stuff on your, on your stuff, and he's putting his, his finger on your stuff, and he's like, you know, I think we can get rid of those pile of uh, stuff that you bought on um, Shoppers Network that you'll never use, and, and all, that whole room that's filled with stuff, I think we can get away with that. And, and oh, by the way, that, that, all of that stuff in that one room is all jealousy. So I think that stuff can go. You can't hold on to that anymore. And, oh, wait, over here, we have all of that rejection. And, and that's got to go, too. Because I'm, I'm going to take over in that room. And, oh, wait, over here, we have greed. All that money you keep holding on to thinking that that's going to make you wealthy. we got to get rid of that because um, I need you to be a giver. That's, that's who kingdom people are. And, and, and I'm doing all of this not because I don't want you to have stuff, I'm just doing all of this because I need to take up residence in your house because the very things that you're holding on to that think you think are going to get you to the place that that's in me, I, I'm, I'm going to take all of that away because the things that I have prepared for you are so much greater than all of the things you're holding on to. And, and, and there's so much more freedom for you. And I'm talking, I know, thank you. Would you open that? <gasps> Have you ever tried to open a bottle while holding a microphone? Yeah, it is impossible. But it's not with God. Or Sash. 
All right. So he's saying, um, I'm going to go ahead and kick yourself, all that self stuff out of your house so that because the kingdom of heaven is joy, peace, and righteousness. And when Jesus takes up residency and he puts a no vacancy sign on your house, guess what? You are the happiest, freest, loudest, gigglingest, laughingest person on the earth. And you're flowing in such freedom that everybody's like, I want what she's having. (laughs) All right. Come on. All right. So prayer and worship. So this is what the Lord told me. I got this cool revelation, and I'm going to share it with you. I love you so much. You're so stinking cute today. All right, so, um, so I was I was praying the other day. You know, the the Lord tells us that He will bring kings to the brightness of our rising, and so the Lord, um, I had a king call me the other day, and and this king said to me, um, and this is somebody that you would all know and, and um, a very VIP, a very important person. And um, this king said to me, I, um, I, need, um, I need you to pray for me because I'm sick. And, um, and I really need to hear from the Lord. And so I said, you know, come, you know, come on in. Come in. Um, and, and the only time that this person could come in was the day that we're closed, which is on Friday. And I said, I'll meet you up here. And so I had, I woke up early that morning, and for three days I'd been praying, and, and the Lord was giving me actual words of knowledge for this person, turns out. But as I was praying for them, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm in a place of worship, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I, and I said to the Lord, I can't see this person. I can't see them in the spirit. I can't, I'm having a hard time. I can't hear the sound that they're making. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, well, I have become dim in this person. And so what I want you to do is I want you to bring this person in here and I want you to to put them in the place of worship and let the worship uh, marinate them and begin to wash over them. Because it it will be the thing that, that reminds them who I am and who they are. And so when this person got here, I said, you know, here's what I feel like the Lord is saying. I feel like the Lord wants you to spend some time in worship. And uh, I didn't tell them why. And, um, and so they did, and, and, and it began to break open um, the remembrance and, of the testimony of Jesus and all that, that they are and all that God says who they are. And when they began to get that revelation, I could see them again. And, and so I asked the Lord about this, and, um, and because this person is a believer. And um, so I asked him, and the Lord said, every one of us produces a sound. And every one of us has light coming from us. Now, it, when, the, when, the, when Jesus comes, and he comes in the seed form, those things are, are not as bright as they are for those who have really given themselves to the place of prayer and worship. That's, and he said, prayer and worship in the days to come 
is a key to releasing the sound that I'm, I, I'm bringing forth in the earth. I, I want to tell you before I, before I get into this, I want to tell you about a vision that I had, and I'm going to give you the shorter version. How many of you were here during the um, uh, conference that we did with Banoffs? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you heard the testimony that I gave or the of the vision that the Lord gave me. Um, so I'm going to share this story with you. Um, in 2006, uh, uh, I, I went. I got taken up into a trance vision thing. I was I was awake, but everything disappeared in front of me, and I saw Dallas. and And in Dallas, I saw a couple of things. I saw a house that John and I were preparing for. Um, we were in this house, and we were preparing it for a bunch of interns, which they will be really happy to hear that. Um, because there's so many people here, they're like, you know, I need some living situation, and it would be great to have if you guys had a house. But so one day we are going to have a house, and so I was preparing this house. And um, as we were walking out, there were two men that were sleeping as we passed them by. One of them was Eric Clapton. Another one of them was an African-American man. John points to them, and he says, it's time for you to wake up. They both get out of bed. I get in my car, and, and I'm on 635. And, and uh, by the way, I was in a white um, uh, minivan, which at the time I did not own and had no plans on getting a minivan, Right. But I love my minivan now. But, you know, you're thinking, minivan, have I really crossed over that line? So anyway, um, so so I'm in my minivan, and all of a sudden, in Dallas, I see all of these white um, um, whirlwinds coming towards the house of prayer. And then I see a wall of black whirlwinds, and they're coming up south, headed towards Dallas. One is good, and the other is not. So um, as I'm watching this, Eric Clapton grabs me and takes me down to downtown Dallas to a place called the Rock Quarry. And in this place, I hear the audible voice of the Lord, and he says, release the vehicles. As the vehicles are being released, Eric Clapton grabs my hand and takes me. We get in one of these vehicles, which is an armored vehicle, and um, an angel is driving, and the angel says to me, um, you don't need to be afraid because even if we are hit directly, nothing will will uh, 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 destroy this vehicle. So, so all the vehicles are going all over the city of Dallas. All of a sudden, uh, our vehicle goes straight up the mountain, this mountain that's in the center of Dallas. And in the side of the mountain is the house of prayer. So I get out, go into the house of prayer, and the, the, the storms have now hit. And, and it is just incredible. It is so incredible. And each one of these black uh, whirlwinds has created a wall of whirlwind. So, so it's like Ebola, ISIS, the Russians, the, you know, you know, pestilence. I mean, you name it. It was like, really? Trouble has now hit. So, so I, I see all of these children, and they're caught in barbed wire fences. They're trapped in barbed wire fences. I go out of the house of prayer, and when I leave the house of prayer, my skin is illuminated with light. And as I step out, the storm cannot come near me. So everywhere I step out, the storm has to come back. So I have complete authority over the storm. I go and I lay hands on the kids and immediately they get set free. I take them back in the house of prayer. I teach them about prayer and I tell them about the trouble that's coming upon us. Okay. The rock quarry is an actual place here in Dallas. It's 501 Park. 
Okay, 501 Park is called the Rock Quarry, which is where a man named Robert Johnson recorded 13 songs back in 1927. All right, Robert Johnson uh, sold his, is famous for selling his soul to the devil. He is actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's a very famous guy. And the reason that he's so famous is because when he sold his soul to the devil, his um, talent became, I mean, it, it multiplied. And all of a sudden, you had a marginal musician that became this phenomenal musician overnight. And um, so people were astounded, and he actually wrote the song, many of you are probably familiar with, which, which Eric Clapton, by the way, re-recorded all of his songs, and he actually did a um, MTV video on the rooftop of, of 501 Park. This was the recording studio where uh, Robert Johnson recorded all of his um, songs. Now, I didn't know any of this when, of course, I was having this vision. Um, and, and, and the songs, uh, all of his songs were re-released during the sixties. So while the songs were re-released, the, the Britons got a hold of this music. So Eric Clapton and, uh, the Rolling Stones specifically, there were many more, but they specifically got a hold of the music because the lyrics were giving worship to Satan and they, the lyrics were so infused with the demonic. And, um, Keith Richards actually was reported later on about his music asking about why is your, why have you had such longevity in your music? And he said, well, Satan never goes out of style. So we had something happen here in the sixties. Do you remember what it was? A couple of things. You had the British invasion that brought music that changed the music that was in America. So the rock and roll that was brought in was, was brought in and it introduced a different kind of style, which there wasn't anything wrong with the actual music itself, but it was the lyrics that they introduced. So you've got them, and then you've got Motown that was also making, was up and coming, that actually began to get influenced by these lyrics as well. And so you have a whole situation with the sound that was released during the 60s. Now, the reason that I want to talk to you about that is because being a giver is giving away something that we get, which is a sound. And what I believe that the Lord is saying is that God is going to once again redeem and restore this sound back to the church, not just through worship, but through words. Because each one of us resonates with a sound. Each one of us, it says in the Bible, that, the, even, that if we don't say and cry out, Abba, Father, that even the rocks themselves will cry out. That all creation groans to see the sons of God begin to resonate with the bigness of God and let God get big enough in them so that when we speak, it vibrates and creates shift and change in the atmosphere. Okay? So, um, let's go back to Genesis. Genesis 1, what happened? All right, God said, he said, God said. So a sound came forth. And what did he say? Let there be light. So what happened in Genesis 1 is actually a template for what happened at Pentecost. Because God spoke and a sound was birthed, a sound came forth from the mouth of God. And what happened with that is that it birthed a light. So turn in your Bibles to um, Acts 2. 
So you have the same sort of thing that happens with Acts 2. So God breaks into the earth that was covered in darkness. And once again at Pentecost, um, Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from where? Heaven. There came a sound, right? Like the, uh, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it, now what didn't say that it was a rushing wind. It said it was like a rushing wind. So the sound was so loud that it basically sounded like a train was going through the upper room, right? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. So what happened is that the sound came, and it produced a light. Hello. Like a candle. Like they were all candlesticks, you know? They had oil, so they get hit with the oil so that then the light can come. So he's saying again, let there be light. So when God does stuff, he always does it in a similar way. He's got, he's like that. Isn't it funny? Um, how, how he's kind of, he's like, I'm going to do it because it's going to be me and it's not going to be you. But see this time around, it's going to be a little different and it's going to have the sound and it's going to have the light. But this time the sound already came from heaven and it came to baptize us with fire so that then we would have the sound and the light within us. So this time, the sound is going to come from where? It's going to come from us. It's going to come from heaven because heaven now dwells within us and all creation is sitting around going, how long? How long before you make room in your house for God to take up habitation so that the sound gets so big in you that others hear the voice of heaven. How long before you let the light of heaven become, and you become, you allow yourself to become a shining one, and this all happens through one way. It comes through our gaze. It comes through delighting ourselves in the Lord and gazing at his beauty. Because when I put this king before God in worship, his light and his sound came up. It rose up. It was like the water levels got bigger so that I could see his spirit man because his spirit man was so little because all of the cares of the day, the jealousies, the rejection, all that stuff in his house, the, the enemy had begun to take up occupancy so he didn't even know who he was anymore because he couldn't even hear the spirit of the Lord within him. So, so that's why prophecy, which I love so dearly, is so important. But the word says this in Luke 11. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the eye is good, your whole body is also filled with light or full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light as when the as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. 
Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed in the housetops. So he's saying that as God, you allow God to get really big in you, that what happens is that what you've done in the secret place, what you've done in the place of prayer and how you've given yourself away in that place is actually the very thing that's going to allow the favor to come to your life that will open up the doors that you've been so hard trying to open up on your own behalf. So he's saying, listen, as the light takes up habitation, as the the train of his robe begins to completely fill your temple, what happens is that you walk in a room and 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 there's so much light coming from you. There's there's the sound of heaven that's resonating on you that 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 people are saying I'm going to give you this job. I don't know why I'm giving you this job, but I'm going to give you this job. You're actually not as qualified as the next guy, but I don't know why. I mean, it's just like they get caught up in that because it's a supernatural condition that you walk in all the time. Come on. Are y'all there? All right. This is great news. And the best news about this, and the reason I told you this vision, is because the Lord said to me, what I gave you in 2006, you're now in 2015, which the Hebrew calendar is is 5775, and it's the year of the whirlwind. He said, get ready, because I am about to release these vehicles of sound. I am calling the rock and roll to begin to be illuminated again and worship and the sound of the suns is going to come again. And so it's like, it's like finally we're going, wait, 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 I get this because what's happening is there's a, there's a resonance. There's a, there's a vibration that's happening in heaven. And when you go in prayer, what you do is you're hearing it. And, and you're like, and so you have to do this. Okay, I'm going to take my mic away. You have to do this. You have to get in alignment and begin to go the same, get in the click. 24, all the time. There's the resonance. There's the vibration. Wait, I've now gotten into to the rhythm of heaven, and, and there's, a, there's an alignment that happens, and it, it creates a flowing, and all of a the sudden, there's like a download, but, but some of us are out of rhythm with heaven, you know, because we're not praying. We're not worshiping. It's like, well, well okay, I'm, I'm a little too busy for that. Well, good luck because you can work yourself to death and keep all of those extra guest rooms filled with darkness. But those that have said, I'm going to give myself to this, they're the ones that are going to be making all the money. They're the ones, and I mean, I'm just saying it the way it is. Sorry if I'm offending anyone, but they're going to be the ones that are getting the jobs. They're the the promotions. Why? Because they're light. They're light. We're to be salt and light. Come on, man. Right? Are y'all with me? All right, good. All right, Ephesians 5, 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light. You are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Um, um, Isaiah, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So this is why we're a house of prayer. 
This is why God has supernaturally just birthed house of prayers all over the earth. Why? Because he said, my people in the day of my return have become prayerless. And they, they don't even know who I am. I, I, how can I take up residency if they're not even spending any time with me? You know, it's like the, the, the invitation to come away and the song of songs, there it is, the song of Solomon, intimacy message, it's, it's, it's the very thing that will catapult you into the things that you're carrying in your heart. And I want to talk to you about a house of prayer. I don't want to talk to you about the quiet, uh, the, the secret place. Because each one of us should be in the secret place. And we should be spending the one-on-one time. But I'm telling you, beloved, the house of prayer is a wall that God has created to come and get together with others so that as the cluster of grape comes together, we all gather, we all connect in unity, and we become one in unity. And it actually creates a more fervent fire within us. All right? I was talking last night with some friends of mine who have a house of prayer. And um, they said to me, Tracy, um, you gave us the greatest gift of our lives. You taught us how to pray. And they were actually at our house, and they said, they went in and looked at the prayer room, which is our den, and um, they said, we just have to go and, and look at this place because this is the place that changed us. And they said, you know, we travel now all over the world, but you taught us about this prayer room and about being together with our friends in prayer. And no matter where we go all over the world, this is the sweetest place. This is the place we long to be. I just want to tell you guys, you come here on Sundays to church, but we're not a church. We're a house of prayer. And, and, and we're open for you to join us and to come and experience this kind of transformation where God can take up residency in your whole house. And it's, we have the most talented and gifted prayer leaders and, and worship leaders that will take you into the heavenly places where you will encounter him and he will encounter you and he'll take up full residency because we all, the desire of our hearts is that God would be big in us and that the sound of heaven would enter into Walmart when we go, that the people checking us out would begin to weep because we're just standing there. So I really invite you with my whole heart to come on in the evenings. Come and join us. Experience what this is like for your life. And once you get a taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you get a taste of this, I'm telling you, you're going to be an addict. You're going to be addicted to the prayer room. You're going to be addicted to this type of, of, of encounter. So I say all of that to tell you that um, I know it's running late, but this prayer room has transformed my life. Um, It's helped me to see and it's helped me to hear. It's helped me to live big in God. And 
and and others are 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 coming in here like Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley is not coming here because we're a mega church. Todd Bentley's coming here because he's hearing the sound. Jason Hooper comes here. You know what he calls us? He calls us the honey hole. Um, Georgie and Banoff said this, there's something so incredible. Uh, Patricia King, she said this is like, they're all saying this is like the top two, some say two or top five places in the earth where the presence of the Lord is this strong. Why? Because we've said we want the bigness of God. I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, if, if you need some programs, awesome. I, I, my program is Jesus. And, and that is the program that we need. If you're struggling with sexual sin, if you're struggling with, with idolatry, if you're struggling with whatever, we've got a plan for you. And it's encountering Jesus and, and, and when you hear his voice and when he tells you who he is and, and, ha- and, and the thoughts about you the day he created you, and then he begins to take away all of that stuff you've been hoarding, you're going to be so glad to see it go. Jesus tells us on the Sermon on the Mount that as we give, it will be given to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That it's going to be put into your bosom. And the same measure that I use will be measured back to us. And I just feel like today we need to make a commitment again to the Lord. To give and to surrender all. There's nothing you're holding on to that he won't replace with something much better. So if there's something that's keeping you from coming to this prayer room. I really want you to ask the Lord what it is. Because for my life, I gave it all up for this place. I gave it all up. There's no place I would rather be than in the presence of the Lord. There's no place, nothing I would rather do than to dwell with him, to be loved by him. And I think we all need to hear his voice. And we're going into a really busy season. But David Wagner, the prophet, said to us, there's a sound coming to this house that's going to transform the earth. And I say that with the greatest amount of humility and meekness. But he said, don't. Don't get into all of the holiday laziness and baby Jesus. But come away. Dedicate yourselves to this because I don't want to be left behind when the sound hits. I want my house to be ready, to be swept clean. And so I invite you to come. So, Father, I just love you. I love that you love us so much that you've said, I'm, I'm preparing a place that I can dwell, that I love my bride, and I'm making her beautiful, that my love is going to arrest her heart, 
And then in, the, in, 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 in a generation where there's so much busyness and there's so much loudness in the earth, Jesus is saying, I'm going to have a people that are going to say, I choose you. Even in the midst of all of this, I choose you. So, Father, just release that over us. Release that over us, God. I pray for this house, God. God, that you would release a spirit of prayer. That you would release a spirit of intercession in this house, God. That we would be day and night, night and day. Because you are worthy. You are worthy of our time. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy, Father, to have every part of us, every inch of our being. So today, God, we just remember you. We remember you. And we surrender all. Just in your own heart, just, um, Mason, would you play some music? And I just want us to, to just... Um, Just connect with God and and let Him show us how to live like this, you know, where we come and we gather together, brothers and sisters as a family, and and like the upper room and, and in Acts where they all came together in that place and they all gathered in one accord with, with the same heart that they really wanted all of God. And they made room for him to fall on them. And this time, he's going to fall out of us. So God, we give you our hearts. We ask for you to take up residency. That we would experience the fullness. The fullness of your presence. The fullness of the essence of God. The fullness of the nature of God. The fullness of the power of God. The fullness, God. That you would be filled. We would be overflowing. You would be fill, fill, fill us, fill us. You would be filling us up, God. That we wouldn't hold anything back from you, God. So we bless you, Father. We bless you. And it's a privilege to worship you. It's a privilege to get into sync with you. It's a privilege to get into the rhythm of heaven and what heaven is doing, God. Make us the shining ones. Explode out of us with the greatest and brightest of light. Yes, that in your presence, Father, there is unapproachable light, Father. Father, I pray that you would call us back to our first love.